Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Everybody, welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of comic books that come out Wednesday. We review them. We slam down our opinions. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, it's it, a real. You show them if you got them. Ooh, ooh. I, what? what? Huh? What does that mean? Show them if you got them? Yeah. It's like a card. gambling. Oh, okay. It's like poker. Oh, okay. I'm talking about. Got it. Yeah, you you got it. Listen, you got to slam a stack and show them if you got them. That's That's what what I'm talking about. Yeah. Pete, what's your catchphrase? Uh, Eat a hoagie. Oh. (laughs) It's more of a recommendation. (laughs) Yeah. Or an order, really. Uh, Yeah. Eat a hoagie. Before we get into the reviews, though, I did want to give two notes on uh, updates of the stack. This is our business portion. We always like yeah. to open with a bunch of business right at the top. That's right always at the top. Yeah. We're right all the top. People love business. Now, one thing that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks that I believe we're going to keep doing is we've been rolling out a transcript of the stack show on our website, comicbookclublive.com. Uh, this is, of course, for any listeners or prospective listeners who are hearing impaired. You can go to the transcript. You can check that out there. Uh, so that is a available to you and also sometimes the person who transcribes it does some funny weird stuff so it's funny yeah. stuff it's, it's fun. funny stuff yeah. just like fun little riffs we also say weird words you know <laughs> so do. it's hard to like nail them all the time yeah, yeah like hoagies yeah exactly that one's pretty easy yeah uh, or uh, quack. yeah or omniscient Oh, Come on, don't make word. the poor transcribing <laughs> person. Oh, but they're, they're, they're difficult words. Right. But don't make it harder for the person transcribing this right now. Here, go right. Say the the weirdest, the hardest to transcribe word you can think of. What, right. so what can, are you doing? So I'll, just think, uh, I'll go. Okay, I'll go. go. Uh, Phloxin oxidosin is a hill of pillification. That's a good one. Pete? What the fuck was that from? Phloxidoxidosin is a hill of pillification is one of the longest words in the English language. It's the estimation of something is useless. Uh, just like <laughs> yeah, us having this conversation. Se- yeah, that was... All of podcasting. <laughs> there you um, go. Um, I'm going to say hair, but a rabbit. Uh, that is hard <laughs> to transcribe. <laughs> Good luck, buddy or lady. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm too nice to do that. Oh, yeah. You're the nice one on the podcast. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> the second item I wanted to mention, this is a request from one of our listeners Ooh. a couple of weeks back. We were reading comments on our iTunes uh, podcast feed, and a guy named Logan said, hey, why is the Stack podcast on the same feed 
as the Comic Book Club podcast. And it occurred to me it's pretty easy, actually, to split them off. So as of today, the Comic Book Club live feed is going to have both the live show and the Stack podcast. But we have also broken out the Stack podcast into its own feed. So if you want just the non-live show, you can check out the Stack as of this recording, it's not on iTunes, but it should be up there soon. But otherwise, mm. the RSS is live on the website. It's live everywhere. You can break that out separately. Or you know what? You can uh, subscribe to them both. Listen to the stack twice. That's the way to do wow. it. Because <laughs> the second pass, you really get to hear the nuance, <laughs> the yeah. subtle stuff, like how it, pizza it nice guy. <laughs> less flocsinoxinosin is oh, amplification on, and man. more like a hair. Yeah, more like eat a hoagie, really. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into the reviews, guys? Sure. Let's so also, we have a new website, new logo. Yeah, we're so we're ma- busy. So many things going on. Yeah. Let's kick it off with the Marvel Comics Punisher Kill Crew number one. Wow, this is starting here. Yeah, man. I yeah. wanted to give you a gift. You love oh. the Punisher. Nowhere to go but up. Yes. This is uh, spinning out of War of the Realms. The Punisher is picking up the pieces. There's some demons left over in Midgard, and he's the only man for the job to take them down. Pete. Punisher fan number one, what do you think about this? Well, this is like a lighter Punisher. You know, he's dealing with kids and more dealing kind of like kids. mystical creatures. I wouldn't say this is like Punisher, Punisher. You know what I mean? This is Same like, guy. This is like Punisher light, a little bit more kid friendly. He's taking food orders. You know, he keeps. So does that bother you or are you like. Hey, uh, it's not my favorite, but I tell you what, I love the fact that like. If there was a bunch of monsters uh, let loose, you know, uh, the Punisher would track them all down <laughs> until they're all dead. I love that aspect of it. Yeah. Also, uh, I like the idea of this book. It's a great team. Uh, they've done a lot of amazing stuff, so I'm excited to see where this goes. I want to see a little bit more of his crew with a K going on in this issue. We only got yeah. to see Punisher and the kids, as you mentioned. Uh, but he doesn't have the crew other than the goat that he gets at the, the end of the issue. The kids don't seem like they're part of the crew. The right. kids are drawing their targets, which yeah. I think is fun. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, he keeps a, in his back pocket a picture uh, of that a kid did of the bad guy he's looking to murder. I love it. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> this is my favorite type of Punisher story. Really? I love it. I, like, the Punisher, he's killed enough people. He is Give it a break. Him going off and killing a bunch of mystical things, a bunch of, like, anything but people. I want the Punisher killing everything. He, I want him to kill the concept of evil. Ooh. As opposed to just putting bullets in regular this stuff. Is, it's more interesting. Uh, uh, this is another Jerry Dugan book. Jerry Dugan wrote this. Um, I'm forgetting the name of it. Not, not Infinity Gauntlet, the one with the Infinity Gauntlet, but Wolverine's claws are coming out of it. Yeah, Infinity yeah, Crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or whatever right, right. it's called. Infinity Watch? Infinity Watch, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, this had a very similar feel where it's just him leading it to like... What's ridiculous? What's fun to see in a comic book? And it's fun to see the Punisher kill a tree that's eating people in Central Park. Yeah. I, that's enjoyable. It yeah. is. It is fun. It's a little more of a lark. It's not as serious. Yeah, it's a Let's have some fun. That's okay. Well, Let's have does, some fun. He does a great job on like Deadpool and stuff like that, so it's fun to see his take on it. Yeah. yeah. I want to see the Punisher turn into the Punisher. Oh, oh that's wow. good. I'm glad you took some time to say that. Yeah, no dramatic, uh, I, dramatic to, comedic. I'll pause. tell you what. I had to figure out what I was going to say. You know what? <laughs> a lot of people talk about the dramatic pause, but you took a comedic pause, and it's just as useful. Thank you. Yes. 
Uh, all right, we're going to move on to another comic book. This is from Boom Studios, big release out of them, Once and Future, number one. This is by Kieran Gillen. This is a book about, uh, I don't even know how to describe it necessarily, but the legacy of King Arthur ends yeah. up a little twisted, uh, turned. We meet some new characters that get embroiled with his potential return. Uh, this, to me, does not... And, and I don't even mean this in a bad way. This does not feel like a Kieran Gillen book. It feels like straight up a Warren Ellis book. It does feel very Warren Ellis. That's what I was thinking as well. But it also, though, it, it does feel a little bit like Kieran Gillen's sort of newer stuff where it's like sort of premise-based, like yeah. just good comics. Well, it's very different than, say, Wicked and Divine, which we yes. talked about a lot on the show. Feels like music. It feels like riffing. There's deeper, heavier themes going on there. This feels a lot more like... Here's my pitch. Yeah, <laughs> like this die. Much, yeah. I fucking... Well, die, though, I think even gets a little more deeper than this does. Yeah. Uh, it feels like the a big action movie, and that's right. fun. This is my favorite uh, of the week. It's really? unbelievable. Wow. I love this setup. I th- what a cool thing. Uh, I l- I love the just the kind of like the way this unfolds. I think it was such a cool way to tell this story, and the grandmother was fantastic. I oh my god, this book is! I cannot wait for more. What a cool well, cool way to tell the story. The art's fantastic. Storytelling is great. Uh, I've always wanted to have a just a hidden thing in the middle of the woods that has like unbelievable treasures and weapons in it. Oh, nice. yeah, by so you, treasures, you mean hoagies, just a bunch of hoagies oh, in the middle just of the woods. A, a sick amount of hoagies. You want to live like this grandma? Yep. Cool. That's a dream. Yeah, I really like <laughs> this as well. Uh, it's fun. It's a simple, clean premise. We're going to see what happens with um, this scabbard. The art is great. Art's very good. He, that guy blew his date. Think yeah. we're going to see her again? Um, Probably. Yeah. I think so. They seem to have a nice relationship going on. She had a, enough of a character. I'd be like, she could. Do be you that. know what? I actually like that scene quite a bit. So yeah, there's this too. dude. He's on a date. His grandmother, who is fighting evil forces, calls, sucks him back into that world. Normally, in that sort of scene, you would see the girl be like, "Well, I never," and throw some water at his face and leave. But they go in a different way in this. She's like. Take care of your grandmother. It's fine. Yeah. This is already a bad date. It's all good. Let's just end it. Let's move forward. Walk away. And I loved having that little more mature tweak on it. I thought that was a nice way of playing that scene. Agreed. Yeah. It's great. Great book. Definitely pick that up. Moving to a DC comic book event, Leviathan number three. We are delving into the identity of Leviathan, the villain who's destroyed all the spy organizations in the DC universe. Where we left off the last issue is everybody thought it was Jason Todd. Yep. This issue, maybe it's Jason Todd. Yeah, maybe, but also maybe not. Right. That's the thing is this issue felt very much like we know all this going in and we know it all coming out. I talked about this a little bit with the last issue, but to me, where this event is heading now is much more interesting to me than where it is. And what I mean by that is uh, the mystery is good. I'm certainly trying to figure out, okay, who could Leviathan possibly be at this point? But... That's not my favorite storytelling mode. Instead, the big move that happened right at the beginning, taking out all the spy organizations, I want to see what happens next. Uh, That's what I'm excited about at this point. Yeah. Also, uh, it's just fun to see the kind of like twist of the people trying to piece it together and then kind of like talking about it is very interesting. And then the fact that like 
nothing happens how you think it's going to happen. We had on the last issue reveal, we think it's you. Oh, crap, it ends with, oh, they're probably going to get him. No, they all lose, and they're still piecing it together. It was. I just think it's very interesting and a really fun event that each comic kind of like uh, twists and turns and then gets you more excited by the end. The last page on this was such a... The last panel was so powerful and amazing. Uh, I think uh, this story is, keeps building and building, and I'm getting more and more excited about each, each issue. I really like Lois Lane's role in this. Uh, she yeah. definitely feels like she's actually sort of being the typical Batman role, being the investigator. Um, so that's cool. But, like, who is... Who is uh, Leviathan. Leviathan. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. You guys didn't think Dick that Grayson, last panel was so badass? What? What? With Amanda Waller? Yeah. Where Superman's like, are these people bothering you? That was so yeah, badass. That was cool. yeah. but, but that doesn't answer who, who you think it is. I don't care. Th- that was such a cool panel. It's a cool panel. What the fuck, man? You're so fucking. You're a curmudgeon now. You can't enjoy a cool panel. You anymore? calling me a curmudgeon is it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's you crazy. said so you'd like to have a pit of the woods full of hoagies. Yep. That's curmudgeon behavior right there. Exactly. Stockpiling sandwiches. Um, I'm not being a curmudgeon. Like it's all fun, but it just feels like we're sitting in this story that was like Alex is saying was introduced. This idea that was introduced at the beginning of the first issue. This is issue three. It's like give us some moves. I want to see some moves. There's tons of moves going on. It's Doing who is blank is a much easier story mode than the entire world has changed. Like the setup here is we have completely changed the way spy organizations structure in the DC universe. The major players have been taken out. Something has happened to them. We don't know what it is yet. Imagine if every major intelligence agency in the world disappeared overnight. It would be global chaos. Instead, what we're seeing is very well-written, very well-drawn scenes of detectives in the DC universe standing around trying to figure out a mystery of who one person is. And to me, that minimizes the action of what's going on rather than maximizes it. Yeah, this reminds me of that big Batman event where it was like, taking place in this insane world where Joker and Riddler were fighting and they stopped to talk about Kite Man and you guys fucking loved it. And I was like, there's a bigger story going on. Why don't we deal with this? And that was driving me nuts. And now you guys are getting a taste. No, of this is a different thing. It's no. a very different thing. Yes. But Kite Man's cool. Yeah. Nope. It's a different thing because the thing we were talking about was cool and this isn't. Hey, fuck now. you. Yeah. Sort of a hoagie thing. <laughs> um uh, I am curious to see. I'm, I'm just going with Damien. Damien? You're yeah. going to stick with Damien? I'm stick with Damien. Because he's framing Jason Todd? Yeah. Okay. What about, uh, what about Dick Grayson? We haven't seen him around. Eh, I mean, the way that Leviathan talks, like it's sort of like a little quippy. There's like a little know. weird like There quirks. could be like he got hit in the head a while ago, right? Like he got a head scar and shaved his head. Yeah, he's different now. Yeah, changed his personality. Now he's Rick Grayson. Yeah. That's how you know when someone changes their first name. I will like, note we haven't seen Leviathan's butt yet, so we don't know if Leviathan has like a very well toned butt, so we don't know if it's Dick Grayson. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> Thank you. We'll be looking for his butt next issue. Like, what if Alex was like, call him, I'm Xander now? We'd be like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. yeah. This he's, guy's losing it. Yeah. He's ruining all the hoagie shops in the area. White Trees, number one, one of Pete's favorite of the week. I can tell from reading this already. This is by Chip Zdarsky. This is picking up at his uh, Black Sand series. Yep. Uh, in the um, Black Sand universe. 
which I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't read before, so I had no idea what we were getting into here. Uh, this is a fantasy universe that comes highly sexual very quickly. Very sexy fantasy. Halfway through the book. Uh, Pete, what was your favorite part of the second half of the book? Um, well, the first half was a fun setup of like uh, where the story is going, and then they took an orgy break. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. as most things do, that happened in an event Leviathan as well. You just didn't notice it. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's so, putting their clothes back on. So, this is a bunch of uh, folks who fought at a war. They are sucked back into a mystery when uh, some of their kids are taken it's by the opposing sign. Sucked back. Because. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it is pretty funny, though. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, about halfway through, they stop in this grove, and they get attacked by, um, I don't know, succubuses, something like that? Yeah, sex ghosts. Sex ghosts. Fuck fairies. Uh, uh, could be any number of I things. I will say, Fuck. I was pretty shocked how graphic the sexual content was. Yeah. You um, loved it. No, but it's... I like the story. I like the way the characters were written. Uh, and overall, the art was really gorgeous. The uh, what? The sucking and fucking scenes, Pete. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like the ripped, like erect penises were very well drawn. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, Anka on art. Very yes. great stuff. Yes. What did you think about this book? I liked it. I thought it was a fun story. Like. Putting us in this fantasy world and just taking it into a direction we did not anticipate at all. Uh, you didn't like the, the the dark character who's just like brooding the whole time? Yeah, that part was cool. There you go. Hmm. Got to be stop, stop being so American, Pete. Stay That's out of the woods, Pete. Yeah. You don't want to get uh, fondled. <laughs> yes, this is a very good book. Even if you haven't read any of the Black Sand stuff, you could jump right into this. True. Uh, but it is, as we mentioned, for adults only. Moving on to another Marvel comic book, Silver Surfer Black, number three. This is continuing the Silver Surfer's journey back in time. He has been fighting Null, the god of the symbiotes. Uh, his arm is hurt. That's pretty oh, bad. Man. And last issue, he happened on a very young Ego the Living Planet. That's where we pick up this issue. Uh, I know I say this every issue of this book, but the real star here is Trad Moore, the artist, artist who is, is channeling Jack Kirby in the absolute best way. Yeah. I like this book top to bottom. It's so good. The inks, uh, the, yeah, it's really everything is good. Yeah. It's sort as of, opposed to White Trees, which you like bottom to top. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm more of a, a bottom on White Trees, but I'm a real top when it comes to Silver Silver <laughs> Black. Um, and uh, no, truly, like this Pete, is. By the way, for those of you listening at home, I'm looking at his face, is really enjoying this. Yeah, book. definitely He's loves it. it. He gets it. a hoagie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that's a sexual statement. Uh, I uh, yeah, this is like I, the Silver Surfer. I feel like I, everyone, a lot of people like Dan Slott's run. I thought it was good, but very different than the Silver Surfer that I uh, like. I like sort of the distant uh, creature that doesn't quite understand humanity. This feels a little bit more in line with that. Uh, like we said, the art's amazing. Uh, sort of the seventies vibe to it, and I love where this ends up. Great book, top about. Yeah, I really also like how. The issues kind of end in a, such an interesting place uh, that does a great job of giving you excited for more, and this does not let you down. What a cool reveal. Yeah, Donnie Cates, who's writing this, is giving it almost like a Brian K. Vaughn saga kind of structure where mm. he's opening up with a big splash page at the beginning. Obviously, that's tread more on art, but I think the way that he's writing it is he's sucking you in immediately with a big image, then running you through the issue with lots of twists and turns and ending with a big twist, full page splash at the end. And that's been true of every issue so far. It works very, very well. Yes. Yep. 
cool stuff. Moving on to one that's coming out September 4th from Archie Comics. This is Archie number 707. Now, Archie and Sabrina have started dating, and now we finally find out how they got together. Pete, this is the moment that you've been waiting for. Exactly. I've... How'd you feel about this issue? Great. Love yeah. It. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was really sweet the way it happened. Very nice. Very classic Archie just to stumble into something like this. He's and, a stumbler. And, uh, and Would I you was, say it was magical, Pete? I would stop a little short of that, but I really no, like... No, because Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a magical being. Yeah. I'm that was that. my... Yeah, I know. What I, I was getting at. Yeah, no, that I was trying to... But uh, I also like the Good part... Good luck transcribing that. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like the part where Sabrina questioned it. You know, uh, I thought that was also very mature and kind of a fun, updated version. Instead of just like, okay, cool, we had a moment. Now we're just going to barrel into this relationship. The fact that uh, she kind of really questioned it and, you know, talked it over with her aunties, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I... The Sabrina Archie relationship, it's the best it's the best relationship. The best one? The best one. Better than Betty and Veronica? Betty and or Veronica. That's what I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I like this the best. Really? Their their chemistry is like sharp. It's fun. Oh, that's Plus so it doesn't have the just inherent dichotomy of Archie being like which one this time. Yeah. Do yep. you kind of feel though that Sabrina is too good for Archie? Yes. But, yeah, but also, she's a she's a loner. She is a loner. I think that's why she's glomming onto Archie. Also, he's a nice, fun guy. Very But fun. he's going to fuck it up at some point. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's going to fall into a paint bucket? Probably. The ultimate breakup? Classic, classic fuck up in a relationship. So many relationships have been me falling into a paint bucket, and they're like, Justin, it's I... over. <laughs> also, you cheated on me. <laughs> uh, I also really liked how uh, the art uh, was doing such a great job telling the story. Uh, the art. Uh, uh, because it was like, oh, we're just going to enjoy the summer while we can. And then they showed that one single leaf of fall, like falling into frame there. It was really nice. Shit's happening. Season's yeah. changing. Oh, man. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning, brother. So definitely check this out if you're a fan of the characters. Uh, fun book. Moving over Art's to it. What? Art's great. Art's great, yeah. too. Art's uh, Boom Studios, Ghosted in L.A., number two. We talked about the first issue of this. I thought we should check in with the second one, particularly because the general feeling was, while fun, it felt like it was just getting started at the end yeah. when our main character ends up at an apartment complex full of ghosts. Essentially, Melrose Place was supernatural. Yeah, yeah. after she is ghosted by her boyfriend. Yes, it's a metaphor, you see. Uh, this picks up there. We get to see more of the world, get more information about the ghosts as well as our main character. How'd you feel about this issue? Yeah, I, I like this. This is a, a kind of unique uh, idea of a main character kind of stumbling upon ghosts, and you get to see the ghost story a little bit. I'm excited for more information about why they're all there and what's going on. But, um, you know, and then there's a classic asshole male. Uh, I don't know if he's a classic asshole male. He's like an uber asshole male. Okay. Yeah. To right. the max. Yeah, he was a complete douche. But um, I liked where it ended. And, uh, yeah, I'm a, I think this is a cool book. The art is fantastic. And, uh, yeah. It, this book, I like this book a lot. It was stressful how she long she was on the date with the asshole. Oh guy. My God, right? Yes. I was like, ditch this, this guy. guy. What yeah. is going on? I don't know. Is that a thing that happens? I, I, I guess. But yeah. uh, this was a 
it's a good story, great art, but that one thing kept me like sort of like stressed out the whole. Yeah, just whole leave. Read. Yeah. yeah, go out on the date. Ugh. Anyway, ladies, are we right? Yeah, are well, we that, right, ladies? That, that's good. Get out of that date, ladies. That's that's what the I, that's what people are here for. <laughs> our staunch dating advice, our mid podcast dating advice. Yep. Uh, moving over to another Marvel comic book that I'm sure we'll all agree on because we would agree on these the entire time. It's Powers of Ten, number two from Marvel Comics, also known as Powers, Powers of X, number two. Nice. Uh, Pete. Pete's gonna. This is the one that's gonna get Pete. Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna get Pete. Uh, man, this series, both of these series, Powers of X, Powers of Ten, excuse me, and House of X. So good. So good. And every issue, I have liked it more and more because we talked about this a little bit with the last issue of House of X, I think. I'm mm-hmm. forgetting which order it went in now. Uh, but with House of X, with the more uh, McTaggart issue, um, it occurred to me that each issue here, Jonathan Hickman is dealing with a different aspect of the X-Men and rejiggering it in a way that makes it work for the whole Uber story. Yeah. And in this issue, spoilers, but it is dealing with the whole robot revolution, robot uh, oppression thing that's been running in the background and works it in. And I don't know why this never occurred to me, but works it in with the phalanx and the magus and the technarchy and all of that. It's awesome. Yeah. The way that uh, he is repositioning the whole battle between... Because reading this, I was like, it is weird that the X-Men is always just mutants fighting mutants um, with the undertone of, like, humans hate us. And to align the mutants uh, together, the Magneto, Professor X, everybody's in the same boat, and it's versus the humans who've created these artificial intelligences who then, like, feed into this huge uh, extended system throughout the universe um, involving technarchs. You love technarchs. Nope. Okay. Uh, and all the stuff you were saying, like it's um, such an interesting take, and he g- takes it to the nth degree, like he, like Jonathan Hickman does with everything. So cool. Uh, it seems like they're working really hard to make Nimrod cool, and it is not working. Did you read? You read uh, Uncanny X Men back in the day when Nimrod was first introduced, right? Yeah, it was fucked up. Like even though he is a pink and white robot called Nimrod. I can't the way take that you he, seriously. No, no, seriously. But like the way that he, I think about him tearing through the Hellfire Club all the time. Yeah. At, that was one of the first things that I remember so clearly reading a comic book. And uh, I'm forgetting the name. It's it's the, the guy with the beard. He was a little chubby who was one of the Hellfire Club kings where uh, he yeah. gets completely vaporized by Nimrod when he shows up. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. I think about that all the time. And like... To take that character and figure out, well, there was always this promise that he was the ultimate version of a Sentinel from the future, came back in time, and that's how we had him here, and he was unstoppable. To figure out who he is and what he is and what he wants is brilliant, I think. Yeah. And he's I, sort of goofy a little bit in this. It's yeah. just like, hard has to take somebody, seriously, whose name is Nimrod. They're just like working really hard to be like, this guy's so badass. Look at how smart he is. It's like really smart, and he is like the most badass dude. But his fucking name is Nimrod. No, so I, I, don't I don't know. I think they're leading into it, right? Like, there's the whole explanation yeah, of why. Yeah, they worked really hard to explain why someone would be named Nimrod. Right. But yeah. 
the he is like this very the, the way the dialogue is written for Nimrod, the way that Hickman is writing it, it's this very magnanimous ruler. Like, oh, yeah. I I'm doing this for you. I'm vaporizing you for, for you. you. Yeah, you're welcome. Which to me leans into the whole silliness of his particular look and his name and everything, while making him all the more terrifying. Yeah, but I mean, you think Nimrod's stupid, but one of your best friends is Apple Watch. <laughs> One that of your best true. friends is Apple Watch. That is not true. This is not a friend. I don't know. Then why do you keep checking you're in? You're always it? looking at it. You look at that more than you look at us. You're f- human friends. <laughs> <laughs> Who's jealous? the Nimrod now? Yeah. You are. Now, uh, the other aspect cool. of this issue that uh, I almost. Uh, oh, you want to talk about the fact how it goes back and forth between being a comic book? And then a regular book with all the fucking words. No, I don't want to. No, I definitely don't want to talk <laughs> okay. about that. With Nobody, make up your fucking mind. Nobody you, you wants write to hear a comic book. I write think, a book. So I think we were talking about this. We may have been talking about this on the last show. I honestly do not remember in all the conversations that I've had about Powers of X and House of X at this point. But uh, Jonathan you mean Powers Hick- of Ten. Powers of Ten. Hawks and Box. Uh, Hawks Box. Uh, Jonathan Hickman came up with this in order to disrupt the way that you read a comic book, right? Like it. Generally speaking, I don't know about you guys, but it takes like five minutes to read a comic book. So here, the rhythm... You, well, you read them at speed and a half, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I clicked a little button takes in the corner. Takes me a little bit longer. And, yes. <laughs> but like, it doesn't take that long to read most comic books. Most comic books have the same rhythms to them. And his point there is, I'm going to break up those rhythms. I'm going to put these text portions in, these graphical portions in a way where it disrupts the way you're reading it, so you actually spend more time and concentrate on the pages with art as well. Yeah. But he's not the first person to do this. No, he's not. But he is doing I'm not saying he... I didn't say he changed the game. I'm saying that is his purpose there. Because there's so much information here, so you have to sort of take more time. You can't just buzz through and be like, Yeah, because he really info dumps... But I think also knowing... Yeah, that's what words are. Now that we're four issues into this, knowing that... I set myself up mentally before I read issue. I'm like, all right, here goes. This is going to be, this isn't something I could just flip, flip, flip yeah. through, read quickly. I got to use all my mental concentration. I got to read everything. I got to take all the time it takes. I got to look back and check yeah. stuff as I'm it's reading a Thanksgiving it. dinner. And I love that. Like, yeah. I love getting that amount of value out of a comic book. I think 100%. that's great. Yeah. Take a short nap afterwards. Pete, you have a question. You're raising your head. Yes. yes. Do we is know- it what is a phalanx? Because <laughs> no. it's answered in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, do we know who the weird uh, blow pop X Men is yet? Blow pop X Men? Yeah, the guy with the big helmet head with the X on. Xavier, Xavier. Charles Xavier. Charles is it? Xavier. We know that. We don't no, know. We don't, it for we don't sure. know. No. Blow pop is a crazy way of calling him. I like that. <laughs> so, I hey, who's wa- blow pop? Who's blow pop? <laughs> who's well? blow pop? So Hashtag who's blow pop. <laughs> I love talking about this book, but I kind of hate speculating about it just mm. because it's slowly been unfolding as an onion and adding information as it goes. Yeah. Uh, so I know those answers are coming. Like, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I hate like, when an onion unfolds right in front of me. Yeah, so it's I'm the cooking. Worst. <laughs> and I'm trying to cook the onion. That's and a blooming onion. It the, unfolds right there for you. Yeah, it opens up <laughs> and it's like, onion. what was Mora's sixth lifetime? And I'm like, shut the fuck uh, yeah, up, Stop onion. speculating, you blooming onion. Get out but, of the Outback wait, Steakhouse. I have something that I want to ask you guys anyway, because this is my main question coming out of the issue is we have this meeting towards the beginning 
which was teased in the last issue between Xavier, Magneto, and Moira, yeah. now that she's broken the rules in her 10th timeline, yeah. where she's came, she's completely revealed everything that's happened to Charles. Charles clearly goes to Magneto at the beginning of his career, right when they have split, and they do the same thing and reveal everything to Magneto, and they decide to do this long, multi-year plan. So, again, I'm sure we're going to find this out, but the thing that was breaking my brain a little bit was like, does that mean, A, this entire time they've known about all of this stuff and everything that's going to happen while we have been reading X-Men comic books, or are the X-Men comic books we've been reading actually in a different timeline than the one we're reading at Hoxpox? That was my conclusion from yeah. this issue. I think it's a different timeline. I think at the end of Hoxpox, we're going to come back to our continuity and that will be Moira's 11th life or something. Interesting. If she's our hook for the whole series, I think that's where we're going to um, come back to. Pete? Uh, does the time jumping piss you guys off or just me? No, I Probably love it. Probably just you. Just you. All right. You're talking uh, about my personal time question. jumping or the comic book? <laughs> the comic book. Yeah. Uh, now By the way, uh, have we specified that Justin is the evil leaper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the evil leaper from Quantum Leap. I'm just trying to... I got to find Scott Bakula. Oh, man. Yeah. I got to bust luck. that shit up. Good luck. I yeah. think you have to go back more. I'm hoping so. I just want to hear someone say, oh, boy, and that's going to be my big clue. <laughs> that's um, cute. I'm just... Let's pick a fucking timeline because... It's not like I'm, he can't pick one. It's not like these, like, which, I don't know which one it should be. I'll just write all no, of them. No, I love the timeline thing. And oh, the reason I love it so is upsetting. because, particularly in this issue, you get each of the timelines fleshing out more information about what's happening in the previous timeline. So they're yeah. all complementing each it's other. A, yeah, it's all one story. And as we go, everything that's going on is getting more and more clear. It's so well-structured across it the board. It just pisses me off to see Wolverine in the, one of the timelines. <laughs> what does Why? that mean? Because he shouldn't be on this fucking evil, fucking stupid thing that we're doing. No, he he's above evil. this. He, Wolverine. Yeah. It's yeah. also a hundred years later, so it's probably not Wolverine. It's probably Dokken. Oh, don't. No, fucking, that's definitely. Don't, what it is. Yeah, and you love it. It's been <laughs> Dokken the whole time. Yeah, they're all Dokken. It's Dokken's all the way down in oh. Hawksbox. Can't wait for this shit to be over. Let's be move a long on time. to. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be forever. Great. It's going to be the rest of your life. Cool. Speaking of which, everything number one out September fourth from Dark Horse Comics. This is a new title that I would be hard pressed to describe exactly what was going on in. This is like reading a fever dream, though. I really like the art a lot, and I'm curious enough about what's actually going on in this book to maybe read a little bit. It's I like, love this. Really? Yeah. This is like an evil Walmart. Yeah, a, a Walmart type type store opens in this town called Everything, and we meet a bunch of characters in the town and start to see um, how it's maybe going to affect their lives or when something's up with this place. Uh, this totally of Walmart is what this comic is saying, they, or all big box stores. Um, I feel like this uh, totally reminds me of Ice Cream Man, a series we talk about a yeah. ton oh. on uh, on this podcast. Don't. Ice Cream Man is amazing. Don't fucking, you know what I mean? Like, this has like similar art style and similar sort of like absolute horror yeah, looming just over it all. To Pete's point, don't say you like something and then compare it to something else you like. <laughs> yeah. That, that all right, be buddy? Please. Yeah. It's, you know, Keep things separate. 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 Keep everything separate. Yeah. Everything's different. <laughs> <laughs> everything is different. The book Everything is what I'm talking about, which Whoa. I love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this, Pete? I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I, it's it's super creepy. Yes. It does a good job of establishing a, uh, uh, like, hey, this is what this is 
like this is this world, this is this creepy Walmart. Um, but I'm just. Uh, I'd argue that all WalMarts are creepy. Every single one of them. They're just too big. The ceiling's too high. Wow. Too many DVDs. Yeah, I mean, what's that about? Go digital. <laughs> wow, dude. Come on, Apple Watch. What they just? <laughs> you want them to just sell thumb drives instead of DVDs yeah, in the Walmart? Move on. Yeah. Don't move thumb on. Thumb drives. Well, I'm just saying, ways to keep movies on something. That no, that's the most you. current technology. Is a thumb drive. Yeah. <laughs> floppy. Floppy. We just put it on a floppy disk. You oh know. Oh my god. Three point five. You know what I'm talking oh, about, cool. buddy. Well, I good. Do. That's yeah. the last floppy disk. Do, yeah. All right. Last issue that we're going to talk about from Image Comics, Reaver number two. This is another one that I believe we really liked the first issue of. Uh, figured we could bring it back and talk about this one. Now, this is a, a, a nice story where it doesn't take a turn into uh, orgy world. It's like a. It's a fantasy world, less orgy. Yeah, less orgy. Slightly less orgies in this one. But this is about a ragtag team uh, that's put together to go on a mission. Um, Some of them are magical, some of them are killers, some of them are just regular Joes. And this issue, (laughs) they encounter a bunch of barbarians in the woods. Uh, Funnily enough, this is by Justin Jordan, who worked with Trad Moore on Luther Strode. So even though they're broken apart, they're still together in our stack. Oh, that's a nice message to them. Look at you. Uh, I still like this book quite a bit. I think the characters are fun. I think they're well drawn, uh, both art-wise and in terms of their character structure as well. Um, The issue is pretty straightforward in terms of uh, going through the woods. They run into trouble. But I like the world that they're setting up here. I think it's neat. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I read the the back matter uh, talks about how so many fantasy stories are set in like uh, medieval Europe. And this is very purposefully set in sort of a... Uh, post-revolutionary war uh, or pre- and post-revolutionary war America and sort of using that uh, type of situation with a bunch of indigenous people and uh, all the other people fighting for uh, control of different territory, making alliances, losing alliances. That was really cool, and that really makes this story feel different. Yeah, and I also really like the uh, creepy little hairy uh, short person. (laughs) <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the Lady Wolverine, if you will. Yes. That's a good way to say it. Okay, I great. Like uh, it. Before we wrap things up, we're going to read a comment from iTunes on our podcast. If you would like to leave us a comment on iTunes, we'll read it on this podcast as well. But here we go. This is from Hartford88. Subscribe. What are you waiting for? Five stars. I love this already. It's good. Very into it. Love this podcast. The stack helps me out to stay updated on what's going on in all the comic book units universes okay. definitely helps what issue to check out also alex justin and pete might be the hardest working podcasters out there Truth. i'm a stay-at-home dad and i could barely get through and uh an issue a week these guys work full-time have families and run 90 percent of the podcasting network keep it going your friend in time dan now dan we run 100 percent of the podcasting network. that's right? right that's a funny who do you think else is out there pulling <laughs> the levers <laughs> So take that, Sarah Koenig. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, she produces 10% of our podcast. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, we said we're the hardest working podcasters in the game, so let's take that, Serial. Yeah. I think she's going to shut down, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really, though, we appreciate the comment. Thank you for leading, leaving it. Again, if you would like to leave one, uh, we'll regularly read those on the podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast and the other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Really helps us out uh, because we're also uh, full-time dads, some of us, and things like that. Anyway, yeah, we'll fair. figure it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah most of us are full-time dads. <laughs> most of us. Oh, Pull majority. the levers, Pete. <laughs> Pull the levers, Pete. <laughs> 
Uh, we also do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on, Bible chat with you about comic books. Pete, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the Hoagie Pit. Yeah, hoagies for everyone. I'll get you, Apple Watch. <laughs> Got it.